Well, Merry Christmas. Let's try that again. Merry Christmas. This is the beginning of the Advent season, and it's such an exciting season every year. Specifically, I know for those of us who are followers of Jesus, and there are some of you maybe that are here this morning, that you have not yet made that decision to be a follower of Christ. And our prayer is, is that before we exit this Christmas season, you would at least understand more about who Jesus is to the point where you would have the opportunity to accept him and choose to follow him as many have over the past many centuries. This morning, we're going to have a very special ministry that we'll be sharing with us in just a couple moments. Usually, I begin the Advent series this morning where we process through the different candles of Advent where we're talking about faith, we're talking about hope, we're talking about joy, and we're talking about love. There are times where those four realities, those Advent candles of Christmas come together very succinctly in very specific ministries. The ministry we're going to hear from in just a moment is one of those ministries. Now, my prayer as we stepped into worship was that all of our hearts would be open to the Christmas story. What you're getting ready to hear from the lives of some of these women have everything to do with Christmas. The idea, though, is Jesus just wasn't born in Bethlehem. Jesus also came to be born in our hearts. And when he is, everything changes. Now, I'm going to ask that Mike and Cindy Zella would join me up front now, if you guys would come on out. Um, this is Mike and Cindy Zella. Let's give them a warm welcome as they come. Now, a little bit of a background on this couple. Uh, they run what's known as Teen Challenge in Virginia or Central Virginia. Mike runs the men's home, and Cindy, who you're going to hear quite a bit from, and the ladies that she pastors, she runs a women's home, and she'll tell us more about that, or actually, we're going to see a video about that in just a moment, where young mothers who have children actually can come and stay and be delivered from drug addiction. The backstory is this, is that Mike and I were roommates in college in 1982, yeah, it's true. I don't look that old, neither does Mike or Cindy, so it's almost unbelievable. Um, but Mike and I have been friends all of these years, and he did the math while we were standing over there. We've been friends for 37 years. And there's something special about kingdom-knit relationships. And Mike and I have been friends all of these years. And we have stayed close and actually grown closer as we've gotten older. And so if he tells you anything about me that I don't want to have told, I will pray God's judgment on him. But again, this is Mike and Cindy Zello. Again, let's give them a warm welcome. Praise the Lord. It's good to be uh, here in Charlottesville today and just, uh, yeah, it's hard because I will get emotional, but when you're in ministry for a long time, it, it becomes easier to be isolated and it is, it's an honor to have a friend in, in Peter Hartwig and someone that we started hanging out when we were just 18 years old and 
to see how the Lord has just sort of morphed us uh, through Bible college. I think we both got saved in Bible college, by the way, FYI. <laughs> and uh, to, to just see how the Lord has used him, um, I just want to just, just take a moment to, to tell you how blessed you are to have a pastor that is full of integrity. And I know his personal life. He's just full of integrity 24-7. And so you're just blessed. Just know that today, that you're blessed to have him. Amen? Come on, we can give him... And then Fran is just a saint, so I'll just call her Saint Fran for putting up with him and probably putting up with both of us, because we do talk quite a bit on the phone. Sometimes Cindy's like, well, you need to call your girlfriend. <laughs> but uh, we are, we're just so blessed and honored to be knit together with you today. Uh, Jesus told a, a very... It's a powerful parable about the Good Samaritan. I'm not going to take the time to walk you through it, but... In Luke chapter 10, verse 37, he said, go and do likewise. It was the end of the parable. We had someone who was in a really bad situation, and then a Samaritan intervened. And during that intervention, he recognized that he was unable to reach this person full time and took him to an inn. And what you have this morning is a relationship between this church and innkeepers, because that is what the Lord has, has raised us up to do. We're innkeepers. And we have this beautiful relationship with the body and this beautiful relationship with this church that has supported us financially, just like in the parable. And what, what we have done is we have all gone and done likewise. And as a result, people's lives have been changed forever. Uh, we're living in a country right now in a season and at a time when there's about 60 million people in our country that are struggling with some type of life-controlling problem. Uh, and these are the people that the Lord has called us to minister to, not necessarily drug addiction either, just some type of life-controlling issue where it's like the parable of the Good Samaritan, just un unable to get up, just unable to get up and care for themselves. And so the beauty of what we do is we, we run these inns, we take these young ladies and these young men in, and now they're babies, and allow them to have their child there and to see the Lord do what he does as we have gone and done likewise together because we have done it together because we wouldn't be here without you. And so what you're going to hear today, just understand you're part of every word that's going to be spoken today. You're part of it because you have sent us and we are grateful to be partnered together. Uh, we are coming up on a milestone of our own 35 years in Teen Challenge and 35 years married. Wow. And um, grandchildren and grandbabies and actually two more grandsons going to be born in the next six weeks. Maybe one today as we have a daughter that is ready, ready, ready. And so that'll be seven for us, six grandsons, one granddaughter. I know what you're thinking. How can this be? There are only 25 and 26. <laughs> Anyways, I'm rambling. I do uh, consider it just an honor to be standing next to the most godly person I've ever met. And um, she has an anointing on her to help young ladies live that were going to die. She has an anointing on her to help babies live that were, that were, that were going to die. And it, I have seen my wife 
rescue so many people. And it's just a beautiful thing to see and to be a part of. And I'm honored to be married to her. I really am. I'm honored to be married to her. So I'm going to let Cindy take it from here. And the girls are going to share. We love you, City Church. Bless you. You're like family. If we lived in Charlottesville, we would like this. We would be here. But, <laughs> but we don't. So blessings to you. Huh? Thank you, honey. It is an honor and a privilege to be here this morning with you to share of God's goodness, to share of the perfect love that only God can give. Those who Mike and I serve come to us with broken love, and broken love begets broken love. But when we see those who God entrusts to our care cooperate with the perfect love of God, the supernatural takes place. It's not easy. It's hard work because it's a battleground. And I just want to show a clip. It's about a two-minute video to give you a little bit of insight into what that battleground looks like.
It's a special place. Um, the mothers and the children that come to us stay with us for 12 to 18 months, some a little bit shorter if we can reunite them to a child that hasn't come along with them, some longer depending on what their situation looks, looks like. And our main goal is to empower our women to become completely God-sufficient and self-sufficient so that when they move on from the program, they live this life outside of Beauty for Ashes. Lauren, who you just saw in the video, graduated one year ago, and she just got married three months ago and is living out the joy of her salvation, free of addiction with a little girl who will never know her mother in her struggles. To God be the glory. And now... <laughs> I could stand up here and share all day of the goodness of God in the lives of the women and their children. But know this, that a decision was made in a state of complete helplessness and hopelessness, in utter despair, a decision was made to choose life, to choose life for themselves and to choose life for their child. Didn't make sense and they were leaving everything that was familiar including addiction and the cycle of addiction and what that brings. They stepped out in faith, not even knowing God, not even knowing what the next day would hold, just trusting there was a new beginning. God met them there, and they have found their new beginning. Good morning. My name is Summer, and I've been at Beauty for Ashes for... Um, 16 months, and I came here um, or to Beauty for Ashes very broken, um, depressed. I had struggled with an addiction for 19 years, and I really didn't know of anything else but the addiction. It was alcohol, drugs, eating disorder, dysfunctional relationships, anything that could take me out of myself. Um, I believe that I have a void in my heart that's shaped like God. And before I met the Lord, I filled it with anything that I could think of to fill it with. And it never quite fit. And so I would find myself desperate and broken again. And I came to a place where I had children and I was living at home with my parents, and they were enabling me, and I didn't know what to do. But there was some little part of me that knew I, I wanted to be with my kids, and I wanted to get help. And I didn't want to leave my kids behind the world, and everyone told me, go get help by yourself. Don't drag your kids with you. But something inside of me was saying, you've got to go with your kids. And even though I didn't totally understand I followed and I stepped out and I left everything that was familiar to me. Although dysfunctional, it was what I was used to and I left. And ever since then, since the minute I walked in the door or pulled up in a car filled with all of my belongings, I was welcomed with love. I was welcomed with peace from the Lord. I walked in the door and I, I felt that peace that I had tried so long to fill with other things, and I finally had the real peace of God. 
And I went through the program and I graduated um, in August and I've decided to stay and um, work for Teen Challenge and um, really go into full-time ministry and keep going towards God and never looking back. Um, I believe that I can put my hand to the plow with Jesus' strength and not look back and um, God's going to do amazing things and because of the staff at Beauty for Ashes and just because of the ministry that God breathed into your life, I'm thankful today and I just want to thank you for allowing me to speak. Thank you. I love this girl so much. She is one determined soul. Hello, my name is Shanna, and before Beauty for Ashes, I was caught in a life of addiction and abusive relationships. I was in deep bondage to a 15-year cycle of misery. When I was pregnant with my second child, a friend told me about Teen Challenge. It wasn't until being in deep despair and being lost and complete broken that I took my daughter and I ran. And that's when I found out that you can't outrun God. God brought Kaylee and I to Beauty for Ashes eight months ago. He's made changes in me that I never thought was possible. The impossible is where he operates. I was the walking dead, and this problem, of course, was not too big for my God. God brings the dead alive. He has given me a new love for my daughter and a new love for Jesus Christ, my Savior, that I never thought that I was capable of. And he has given me hope to live a clean, sober life, a hope to work in the ministry and to save many souls. God has put something in me that will not be held back. He has given me a new song in my soul, a strength and a confidence that I am able to do all things through Christ that gives me strength. And I'll end with this, Philippians 3.13. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race. So my pain and my struggles and late night tears were never wasted because God's been painting beauty with the ashes. <laughs> Good morning. My name is Hannah. I've been at Beauty for Ashes for a little over a year. Um, I came to Beauty for Ashes about nine weeks pregnant. Um, funny story. I was supposed to go to Teen Challenge in Texas, so I drove myself from Virginia to Texas straight through by myself with all my stuff. And um, I wound up in the hospital and... Um, found out that I was pregnant. So I couldn't go to Teen Challenge anymore. And I knew I needed help. Um, and at that point, um, it was either abort my child, <laughs> commit suicide, or find somewhere that I can go to get help while I was pregnant. So. Instead of going the easy route, um, I chose the hard 
And um, it was not easy being somewhere, even where God's presence was so strong. Um, I didn't even accept Christ until I was there probably seven or eight months. Um, And I was just, I was so empty. I was so calloused. I was, I built up so many walls that I didn't, um, I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to accept um, what was given to me. And therefore I had no regard for um, anyone in my life. And um, I had my child at Beauty for Ashes, and before that happened, I was able to come to the Lord and be filled with everything that the enemy took from me, um, my joy, my love, my peace, my, my faith. Um, not to say that it's easy now. I had struggles then. I have struggles now. But the difference between then and now is I have hope in the Lord. And, and, um, and um, I can get through it. And I know through the hard, something always good comes from it. Um, so thank you for letting me share. Hi, my name's Lindsay. Um, so I came to Beauty for Ashes in March of 2017 with my son. He was eight months at the time. I came running, hopeless, looking for hope. That's what I did. I ran. I ran from every relationship and situation, good or bad. My mom left when I was young, and then my brother and my dad was never around. I started running to drugs and people at a very, very young age. I went from house to house and car to car. I had no sense of belonging. And I was desperate to feel some type of connection with somebody. The only connection I would accept was how I felt unworthy. I met an older gentleman and I thought I found a home in him. It was abusive in every type of way, perverse, emotional, spiritual, and physical. But God, he sends the lonely in families. And a Christian family invited me in and fought for me no matter how many times I ran. My family extended when I found my home at Beauty for Ashes. During my year, God had did so much, starting with um, even staying there for a year in itself was a miracle. I got my GED, and he worked in my heart so powerfully. I did make a mistake. I went back after trying to transition out of beauty for ashes. I went back to the way I always coped with my emotions, except I couldn't accept that way anymore. I tried to live like that, but God had changed me and I knew it. It was different. That life was no longer my home and God by his power brought me back home. Yeah, beauty for ashes. And under Pastor Cindy's care, the love and the grace I have no words for and the protection, he has planned my days and I'm so excited for my future again. I'm so proud of these women 
they're brave, they're courageous, and they represent all of us. We all have struggles, and we all need the perfect love of God. We need that perfect love of God in such a manner that when we cooperate, he does only what he can do. May I say this, that every woman that has come through the doors of Beauty for Ashes has been rescued. I was rescued. Maybe all of you have been rescued. Maybe you haven't been rescued. But I want to say this. God uses us to help rescue. But he does the saving. And it's okay if that saving is a process. You don't need to be perfect for him to save you. You're going to have ups and downs and struggles. You're going to have human emotion. After all, that's, God how, that's how God made us, right? So that we would need to depend on him. What you've seen this morning and what you've heard are four women who are representing the women who have come and gone and the women who are presently living at Beauty for Ashes. And they've come in a place of vulnerability because this is not familiar to them. But it's their heartbeat that you would receive what they've received. And you don't have to tuck yourself away into a home for women and children to be rescued and saved. The message we come with this morning is that if you have breath in your lungs, there's hope. If you trust just a little bit, if you have that little bit of faith, and you allow yourself to be emptied of the hurt and maybe the misery because the pain has been so great that misery's been your only option. I'm here to say, and we're here to testify that he can heal that pain and he can make you whole. I'm here to say that if you have been escaping that pain and that misery by numbing yourself in some way or pretending like it doesn't exist, God cares. And he will carry you. The girls know that, and Hannah said it, and the girls all said it, really. But one of our biggest things at Beauty for Ashes is that it's going to get more difficult before it gets better. <laughs> it's hard. Making this kind of choice is hard. Because there's an enemy who rages war against your soul and would, nothing, would love nothing more than to snuff you out in every way, not just your life, but I'm talking about, like the girls said, they were the walking dead. 
to rob you of your well-being in every way, shape, and form. Addiction is public. Usually, over time, it can't be hidden because it takes full control of your life. And you can't get out of that monster cycle without a hand up. I applaud the women at Beauty for Ashes for holding out their hand and allowing us to give them a hand up to rescue them and then to stand out of God's way as we fight battles with them and let him do what only he can do. He is victorious in all things. He is victorious in all things. And when you know who you are in him, you are victorious. Because the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives inside of us. I love what I get to do. It, like, again, I'm going to say it's not easy. It's so hard. But you know what? When, call, when God calls you to do something and you put one foot in front of the other, he equips and empowers you too. So as I have the girls come up to join us for a song that they want to sing to you, they're going to declare this once again over their lives but they're also gonna sing it and declare it over yours. And we're going to believe, we've been praying about this, we're going to believe that if you do not know that you are a child of God, that today you would not leave here without knowing that you are a child of God. And we're all gonna make ourselves available to you to pray with you, um, to hug on you, to let you cry, whatever that might look like. Because we're called to be an extension of that love and to help God love you back to life.
that powerful? What we observed this morning was God transforming generations. What they didn't say clearly, but I know many of those young ladies, one mentioned it, had actually chosen abortion. One actually called up Cindy, was making a decision which way to go. God saves generations when he saves them all. It's powerful. You may or may not be aware of this, but Beauty for Ashes is one of the ministries that we support financially with the big give. And next Sunday morning, we're going to take up a massive offering that we're going to be spreading to ministries just like Beauty for Ashes not just here, but also around the world, that get a hold of people, bring them out of hell, and give them a place where they can actually live in normalcy and they can have hope for the future. City Church has a heart and a passion for that. That's kind of on the big level. But on a more real level in this moment is this. I know that some of us here are struggling with addiction. I know that because in prepping for this morning, I felt like God put it in my heart that he just doesn't set people free that go to a home and live in residence for nine months, 12 months, 16, 18 months. But God sets people free that live in their own homes as well. It's not just that, but some of us are here. And as you're sitting here and now standing, you're thinking, I wish so much, so-and-so, who's part of your family, your natural family, or someone you work with or a friend, you're sitting there going or standing going, man, I wish that so-and-so would have been here with me. And they were, able, they were able to see that what you've just seen because you know that they need deliverance. They need God to set them free. And so how we want to conclude this service is simple. If you're here and you're struggling with addiction, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward. The other people that I'm going to ask to come forward are those who you know someone who right now is battling addiction. I'm going to ask in just a moment that both sets of you would come forward for prayer. I believe that you can actually stand in for someone else. Let's say that you are a young man, but you have a sister that's struggling with addiction. Maybe you're an older mom and you have a daughter that's struggling with addiction. You can come forward and be prayed for for them, that you literally stand in for them. And that as we pray, we're going to trust God, that the prayer that we pray over you as you take that step of faith would touch them. Or maybe you personally are struggling with addiction. And something that you dabbled in, you had control of, now has control of you and you know it. I'm going to invite both sets of people to come forward in just a moment as we sing Blessed Assurance. No one's going to know whether you're here for someone else or you're here for yourself. But here's what I do know. You have to take a step. Take a step of faith towards God that he's this God that sets people free. Before we move towards that, though, I want you to give those ladies one more hand for coming forward. 
ask that what happened now is that our prayer team and our life group leaders would begin to move to the sides to pray for people and to pray with people. And then what I'm going to ask as well is that Mike and Cindy Zella would join me down front and that we would be prepared to pray with you and to pray for you. If you are struggling with addiction, do not exit until someone lays a hand on you and prays for you. If you have someone that you know and love that is struggling with addiction, please step forward and stand in for him or for her. And that as we pray over you and pray with you, God's powerful arm and his gentle hand will extend the miles and begin to do a work in their heart and in their life. So as we begin to sing blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. I'm going to ask that you would begin to move for prayer. The rest of us, I'm going to encourage you to worship and to pray. And then when your heart is satisfied, just exit and fellowship out in the foyer when the time is right. Before we move, I'm going to ask that uh, you'd be bold, that you would not be afraid. But then right now, if you're struggling with addiction or you know someone who is, I'm going to ask that you would be bold and take a step to come down front. If you are struggling with addiction or know someone who is, and you feel drawn to stand in for them, I'm going to ask that you would begin to come forward. Go ahead and fill in up front. There's a couple more people. You haven't stepped out, but your heart right now is pounding and it feels like it's going to leap out of your chest. That's the Holy Spirit's prompting. I'm going to ask that you would step out. Take a moment to step out and to stand in for someone else or yourself. That's it. Go ahead and step out. Just a moment. We live in a city where we struggle to look perfect. But God knows better. He sees and He knows. And when we take a step of faith towards Him, like what's happening in this auditorium, miracles happen. God begins to set people free. Is there anyone else that you feel like you need to come forward? I'm going to wait just a moment. Now we're going to move towards prayer. And if you have not come forward for prayer, I'm going to ask that while you're singing Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine, that you would sing it in, just, in such a way that there would be faith in your heart for these people, many of whom are deeply, deeply burdened, that you would sing it over them, literally sing over them the truth of who Jesus is. You ready to do that? Are you ready to do that? So we're going to stand together as a family in faith. Some will be worshiping. Some are going to be being, being prayed over. And others are going to be praying. Let's sing Blessed Assurance together. And we're going to sing it with all of our hearts.
So we've got people that still need prayer. They have not been prayed for yet. And so what I'm going to request is, is that those of you that need prayer, if you would please stay right where you're at. If the rest of you want to stay and pray for or with people, I'd encourage you to come forward to lay hands on people to pray over them. You know, Christmas is a season where addiction and dysfunction become so hard to hide and where the burdens of people that have to watch that, it just seems so overwhelming. We want to pray that throughout this Christmas season that we'd see people delivered and set free. Prayers answered. I've been praying with people this morning. Some have been praying for decades for a certain person or people. We're going to trust God that those prayers will be answered. Would you join with me? I want to pray one blanket prayer and just ask God to touch, and then we're going to continue with individual prayer. Again, if you would like to stay in worship, feel free to do that. I do want to make a request. If you're being prayed for this morning, please take your news feed. Put in your initials. You don't have to put your name or just some signifier and put what you would like to be set free from and make sure that you leave it on your chair or you put it at the welcome station or wherever because our prayer team will continue to pray with you and for you throughout this Christmas season. But can we pray together? God, I want to thank you that you can break cycles of dysfunction. Lord, my own life is testimony to that. God, you can also break addiction, and you do. The testimonies that we heard this morning were so raw and so real. Lord, I pray there be a resurrection of hope in some people's hearts who've literally given up praying for people who are stuck in addiction. Others of us ourselves are addicted, and we've given up hope that we would ever be free. I pray for a resurrection of hope this morning, that you are this God who sets people free. Lord, I pray for those that had the boldness to step out, to stand in for themselves or someone else. I pray, God, that every prayer that is prayed this morning would be sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit, and that at this altar we would see addictions broken, we would see dysfunction stop, that we would see hope return, and so, Lord, we trust for that, and we believe for that. And now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May Jesus himself turn his face towards you. And may you have his peace in Jesus' name, in Christ's name. Let's pray and worship.